Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Thursday, not Sam Thursday. Welcome everybody to the Thursday update to our midweek reunion. Welcome to Thursday, not Sam Thursday edition of Not Sam Wrestling, where we say goodbye to the guest, say goodbye to the interview. And just talk about uh, what we've had go down so far this week. And it's been a busy week. Uh, You want to jump on board? Of course, uh, I'm going to start taking questions on the Thursday Not Sam Thursday show. So if you want to email notsamwrestling at gmail.com throughout the week. Send questions in every Thursday. I'll, uh, I'll take some of those. Also, of course... You good not Sam Shills at patreon.com slash not Sam Wrestling. Anybody on Patreon that sends questions in via Patreon or via email or whatever, you'll get priority. All your questions will be answered here on Thursday, not Sam Thursday. So let's get right into it, man. Uh, first of all, if you haven't listened to Monday's show yet and you listen to this as soon as it comes out because it's topical, I get it. Good for you, but make sure you go back and you listen to Monday's show because Vic Joseph was tremendous. He was our guest this week. Still is technically our guest this week because this week isn't over. So uh, make sure you go back, you listen to Vic Joseph, and hear his story of how he went from virtual unknown in the sort of uh, 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 bigger sense of the word to being the main event commentator of Monday Night Raw in just under three years. It's an amazing story. Go back and uh, check it out. You'll really enjoy it. So let's talk about what's been going on this week. First of all, like we should really talk about uh, hashtag um, fix WWE 2K20 because it might be the funniest wrestling-related hashtag in a long time. Look, I went on uh, last week uh, when we were listening to some of the interviews that I got at the 2K20 release. And I talked about, you know, playing the game and how I've had, I've gotten every version of the 2K video game and how this is, you know, good and the graphics were cool and and whatnot. Now, obviously you can tell, after I go to these 2K events, um, I am, uh, I come back with a ton of interview content, most of which not video game related, wrestling related. I'm not a huge video game guy. I play Grand Theft Auto. When I want to relieve some stress, I play PUBG Mobile on my phone. I'm pretty good at that. Um, and I play the WWE 2K games. And that's really literally all I play. And most of that is because uh, I can't, I don't have the time to invest in a lot of the games. And most of these games, if you really want to do them right, you have to invest a considerable amount of time. You know, I picked up uh, 2K20, and I have gotten all the WWE games because I love WWE games, believe it or not. Shocker. I get all the wrestling games. I got Fire Pro Wrestling on my PlayStation. Um, And usually it's just to pick it up. I might start a 2K showcase, but 
for the most part, I just, you know, work in the exhibition space. Every now and then if there's a friend over and, and we can figure out a ladder match or something like that, I'll do that too. But, you know, I, I, I certainly don't enter like my career mode and stuff like that. And that's mainly because of the time commitment. You know, I, I got 2K20 on when uh, Tuesday when it came out, and I was like, okay. And, you know, to be honest, like I said, not that much of a video game guy. So when I went to the 2K20 event, I did get to play the game. Uh, it was uh, with another media person, not a personality, just a media person that was there. We played two-player. We wrestled a couple of matches against each other, and that was pretty much it. And I stand by it. You know, at, at the time, I think we had like one glitch, but they also, 2K made it very clear to us that this is not the final version of the game. The, 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 the version that we're playing is not the final version. So I'm sitting there going like, well, I'm not going to sit there and like take little notes on every little thing that goes wrong on this game that I'm playing right now because it doesn't come out for another two weeks. And, you know, whatever. It, doesn't, it, doesn't, it may not apply by the time it comes out. So for what it was, two weeks before release, I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, there was a moment we had to restart the game because uh, every time we did something with the big boss man, the game you know, farted out or whatever, but I was like, that's not really that big of a deal. They could just change that before the game gets released. Um, I did not realize, so I probably got the game uh, Wednesday or Tuesday afternoon-ish. Uh, I got home from work. Uh, I, I started the download and everything, and by then, people were already talking. By Wednesday afternoon, hashtag FixWWE2K20 was already trending, and I'm going, oh boy. And I played it, I put it in, I played it for like an hour, and I was like, okay, this is good. I like that uh, on my PlayStation, I kind of like that the reversal is the triangle button instead of the uh, R or the L buttons there up top. Um, you know, I didn't mind the changes in gameplay, I actually thought that, I, I think I prefer the changes in gameplay. I don't have any problem with the gameplay. Some people are like, well, the gameplay sucks. I Not for, not for me, but I'm not a gamer, so who knows. Um... You know, I started to dive a little deeper into the graphics once I got to sit with it at home, and I said, okay, the, these are not um, graphics that blow you away. You know, these are not graphics that you're going to put in a magazine and be like, can you believe it's 2019? Like, if I showed these graphics to myself 10 years ago, I'd be like, okay, so video games look about the same. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me to see the graphics. If in, if in the, the late... If, if, if the last couple years of the first decade of the 2000s, if you had shown me what 2K19 was going to look like, I probably wouldn't have been blown away. I'd be blown away by the amount of characters in it. Uh, I'd be blown away by the amount of arenas, you know, all that stuff. The amount of options, huge amount of options, crazy amount of options. But in terms of the visual part, maybe not. And then, like, in terms of the characters, it is really weird. When you start scrolling through and, like... They have, for instance, like 19 Charlottes in the game. You unlock them as you go. But Charlotte from 2015, Charlotte from 2016, Charlotte from 2017. And you go through and you can't, it's impossible not to notice as you're scrolling. It's the exact same face. And the face doesn't move. It's in the same place every time. So it's the exact same face with a new set of hair and a new outfit glued onto it as you're scrolling through which superstars you're going to pick. It looks weird. You know, if you go to Diesel... He's clearly the same as Kevin Nash. And in reality, if you look at pictures of Diesel and pictures of, you know, outsiders Kevin Nash, aging happened. You know, things happen. He's a, he's a different guy. But it, it does look like, you know, they definitely just created one model 
for each character and stuck to it. Throw some hair on, throw an outfit on. Next, throw some hair on, throw an outfit on. Next. I mean, I I, I was kind of like, okay, this this feels almost deliberate. Like, this feels fairly in my face. Then I saw that Fix WWE 2K20 was trending uh, not because of gameplay or graphics or anything like that, but because apparently the game was just, just loaded with glitches. And I'm going, oh my God, this is too good. Um, I mean, I love stuff like this. I have to be honest. I love, maybe I just want to watch the world burn, but I love stuff like this. So I'm going through and I'm looking at like, you know, somehow Charlotte and the referee in the game ending up in a position that looks rather scandalous. I'm looking at, uh, you know, uh, uh, Ronda Rousey trying to uh, powerbomb Dakota Kai on a steel staircase and it's disappearing through the ring like quicksand. Uh, I'm looking at many, many clips of wrestlers and officials and everybody having their legs lost and having to knee walk everywhere they go. And I said, this can't be real. So before today's podcast, and I talked about it on the radio with Jim on Sirius XM and we looked at all the clips and everything. So before I got on and did the podcast today, I was like, I need to confirm this one way or the other. And, uh... I just played for about an hour, and I was playing the showcase mode. Now, again, I don't play that long, and the showcase mode is super annoying because in the showcase mode, there's like 150 goals that you have to hit. It's like, okay, whip them into the turnbuckle, and that takes forever. And then like with the first one, it was like, have Charlotte perform uh, the figure eight head scissors. And I was like how the hell do you do a figure eight head scissors? And I started Googling, but the game was too new. People didn't have the moves and stuff listed out yet. So I just stopped playing because I didn't know how to do any of the moves. And then I was like, oh, I'll enter into my career and they'll probably teach me how to do some of the moves at the beginning of my career. But then they're like, okay, create your player. And I'm like, I'm not going to I said, okay, I'll create a player. And it's like, which nose do you want? Which nostril do you want? Which eyebrow do you want? And I'm like, I don't have time, okay? I don't have time, and even if I did, I have two children. How can I justify to my wife that, like, okay, I'm already busy all the time because I'm working. I'm doing the show on Sirius XM. I'm doing uh, Not Sam Wrestling. I'm doing Sam Roberts Now on YouTube, constantly uploading new content for the YouTube channel, uh, doing now two wrestling podcasts a week. So I'm doing the Thursday Not Sam Thursday show as well. I'm doing work with WWE. I'm always watching wrestling so I can cover it. I mean, it's a lot of stuff. To then say, okay, I've got six hours free. Do you really think that I can sit there and tell my wife, okay, you watch the kids. I'm going to sit in front of this video game for the next six hours so I can create a character. And I'm not sitting there going like, people who do sit in front of video games for that long are doing anything wrong. I'm jealous of you. I would love to go back to a time when like, okay, it's the weekend, Friday rolls around, I don't have school until Monday, and I can sit in front of this video game for the next 50 hours. There was a time when from Friday afternoon until Sunday night, it was just free time. That time doesn't exist anymore, okay? That's not my life anymore. Unfortunately, I have pinned myself into a corner where I can squeeze in an hour here and there to try to get some gameplay out of it. Um, so, you know, I end up quitting on the showcase mode pretty quickly, but that's not unique to 2K20. 2K19, they had the Daniel Bryan showcase, and I quit on that because it took. I, I tried to beat Randy Orton like seven times, and I could beat him, 
But accomplishing all those goals as I went, they were like, now drag him to the table, now put him through the table, now do this, now do that. And I'm like, I don't, I can't. And if I can't do it in like two tries, I'm probably not just going to, I'm just going to stop playing and I'll get the accelerator and I'll just unlock everything and just be on my way so I can do my exhibitions. And that's all. And I see some people seem like they have a lot of fun with the WWE Universe mode. And it seems like that's a lot of fun. But I think I need to get a video game tutor. I think I need a 2K tutor so I can sit down and have somebody just teach me what to do. Just show me how to do it. Because everybody looks like they have so much fun in WWE Universe mode. And I turn it on and it is just so completely overwhelming. And so many choices to make. Who's on what roster? What match do you want to have? Is it main event? Is it raw? What arena is it in? Do you want to create your own show? Do you want to create your own title? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer that you're looking for is. I just, can you please set it up in a position where it's going to be fun? That's why I loved uh, WrestleMania 2000 for N64 so much. There has not been a wrestling game since that game came out that was better in exhibition mode. Exhibition mode is my bread and butter, baby. Make exhibition mode the greatest it can be. Or somebody just teach me how to make WWE universe mode fun and not feel like I have to do, you know, 15 hours of work before I can actually just set it up to being what I want it to be. You know, I see these people on Instagram. They have these amazing cards that they've set up in 2K19. And I'm like, I want to have that kind of fun. And I turn on my game and they're like, well, what do you want the name of the pay-per-view to be? And I go, it's too much. I can't. It's too much. So I turn on my game today because I said, everybody's having their 2K20 glitch parties. I want to be involved in this. And I turn it on and I go, okay, I'm just going to play and see if I can spot any glitches. So I turned on the women's showcase mode. And that's when I said, you know, I was winning the matches, but so far I'm, I think I'm four steps in maybe. I just finished the Sasha Banks versus Bailey NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 1 match. And I won as Bailey, and I accomplished a bunch of the goals. I do the baseball slide. I do this. I do that. But eventually I have to make a choice. I'm not going to get all the goals done. So either I keep trying to get the goals until I lose, or I just go, okay, I've done enough of these goals. I'm just going to win this match and move on to the next one. And whatever I unlock, I unlock. And that's where I'm at right now. And so I said, I'm just going to continue on with this women's thing until I see a glitch. And as luck would have it, halfway into uh, the epic confrontation between Sasha Banks and Bailey. The referee's legs gave out on him. And for the remainder of the match, the referee was refereeing the entire match um not even kneeling on the canvas but almost like uh sitting with both of his legs kind of positioned to the left like almost like he was on a chaise lounge but sitting sideways if that makes sense and he did the rest of the match in a chaise lounge position uh sliding not walking his legs would move but he would just slide around the mat to follow the action between Sasha Banks and Bailey. And I was at TakeOver Brooklyn 1. I'm sure I must have watched it back on the WWE Network a few times because it's one of my favorite women's matches, if not my favorite women's match of all time. But I don't remember the referee's legs giving out on him halfway through that match and him just sliding around the ring for the remainder. 
I don't remember that happening. But I've watched so much wrestling. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it wasn't a glitch. But it sure as hell looked like a glitch to me. So the question remains, you know, um, is this like a colossal disaster? First of all, people are like, oh, this is bad for WWE. I don't think it's bad for WWE. I think everybody understands that Vince McMahon is not designing video games. You know what I mean? This is a thing where, you know, 2K20, 2K as a company might have pushed this game out. And I would love to know if they pushed the game out knowing it was full of glitches or pushed the game out thinking like, oh, it'll take a while. It's not like everybody's going to see these right away and just not realizing that as soon as they turn this game on, it would be Glitch City, baby. Glitch City as far as the eye could see. I have to believe they knew. There's no way they couldn't have. I've got to believe that they knew. Um, But to tell you the truth, and I think some people are getting their money back on the PlayStation Store or whatnot, but... You know, the question is, how does how does 2K handle this? You know, on one end, uh, I think that there was not even a day one patch. That's how many problems there are. They didn't even get the patch done in time because I feel like they'd have to redesign almost the entire game to correct all their mistakes. I truly feel like they might just need to hold the L on this one. Let 2K20 exist as a monument in history of an error, uh, my bad. Let this be the L on the wall of the 2K franchise and move on. From this day forward, I think 2K should be working on 2K21 because if you fix this game and by the time you're done fixing this game, you've only got a couple of months to work on the next game and that one's got problems, you've destroyed the franchise. If you can start working on 2K21 now and just make it smoke, then 2K20 would just be that bastard stepchild. And, you know, and some people, some people will love it. For me, I think this is all worth it for the memes. I feel like, you know, the game was trending. Everybody's talking about it. Who doesn't want to see these glitches? I feel like this is worth it for the memes for me. I say 2K20 should be left alone. If a patch does come out that fixes things, I don't even know if I'm going to want to download it, to tell you the truth. I want to exist. I want this to just be a glitchy, weird mistake of a game. Let it sit in time. People will grow to appreciate its weirdness the same way they appreciate the room, the same way they uh, appreciate, ironically, uh, you know, awful bands. I think people will appreciate this. And we move on and we make a good game next time. That's all you could do. I think that's all you could do. It's hilarious, though. Go ahead and do yourself a favor. Go on Twitter and follow the hashtag... Fix WWE 2K20 and just watch, just just spend some time with your evening uh, watching the glitches because they're so funny. They're going to make you, I mean, look, if you're like me, some people are outraged by it. You know, I don't think we need to get outraged by it, but I also, I guess some people take video games pretty seriously. So if you take video games pretty seriously, you might get outraged. But I think if you're anything like me, you'll look at this. If I did not have 2K20, I would look at this hashtag I would see all these glitches and I would instantly buy the game. Most people are like, oh, good thing I didn't buy the game. I'm like, you're missing out because it's worth it for the memes. Who knows what kind of joy you're going to find in there. I saw one where like uh, Rey Mysterio's mask was pixelating off his face. I saw one where they tried to put uh, the Eric Rowan mask on Becky Lynch and, and her hair and the mask are all floating over her head and she ends up with a brunette buzz cut. It's incredible. It's incredible. 
Who knows what kind of joy you'll find, okay? Do it for the memes. That's what I would do. Do it for the memes. I know if I didn't have 2K20, I would see all these memes and I would want it because I'd want to be a part of this whole thing. I thought it was really interesting. Speaking of really interesting, um, Triple H was on my pal Ariel Helwani's show this week. I th want to say I watched it live, so I would like to say he was on on uh, Tuesday. And he was on with Tyson Fury kind of promoting uh, Crown Jewel and the whole thing and Ariel was doing a great job of talking to Tyson Fury about transferring into wrestling, and Tyson Fury was talking about how his uh, boxing promoter manager guy was was upset about the whole thing because Tyson Fury kept it a secret, and it was really, really interesting. But at the end of it, Ariel Hawani asked uh, Triple H a series of three uh, true or false questions. Uh, I think one of them was, by this time next year, will Matt Riddle be the WWE champion? And, you know, Triple H said true, but with the caveat that you never really know. I think, you know, I think the answer that he really meant was false. But he didn't want to say that there's no chance that that would happen because why put a limit on what Matt Riddle is capable of? Uh, which I think is right. Um, do I think he'll be the WWE champion by the end of next, you know, within a year? No, I don't think that there's any way that would happen. But, you know, I, I, I do think that if you brought Matt Riddle to the main roster right now, he would immediately fly towards the top because he's very, very good. Uh, so there was that, but the real thing, the real interesting chunk came in uh, when Ariel Hawani said, true or false, CM Punk will be back in a WWE ring. And Triple H said, uh, that's a could be. He said, Vince will say it all the time. We're open for business. The past is the past. Today is today. And you never say never in WWE. Before that, CM Punk was asked, what would it take to come back to WWE? He said a big bag, meaning lots of money. Here's the thing that WWE has. Lots of money. Lots and lots of money. How do you think they got Tyson Fury? How do you think they got Cain Velasquez? How do you think they're able to put on all these shows with all this great high production value? How do you think they're able to have... So much pro wrestling talent on their roster. The one thing WWE has is money. So, you know, I, I think that this goes back to Scoops. This goes back to yours truly. And I saw Seth Rollins tweeting about Scoops. I think that was a shout out to me. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I had to hydrate. But, you know, I think that clearly I was right. After the last StarCast, this was months ago I came on here and that's when CM Punk said I'll have any conversation you know CM Punk it used to be a hard no when the question would come up about him returning to wrestling that hard no is gone and is replaced with a dollar symbol I am the last professional broadcaster Hack wrestling journalist Sam Scoops Roberts. Okay, people know Scoops by now, and they know that Scoops gives you the inside track. I am telling you right now, as I've told you for months, CM Punk will be back in a WWE ring. He's going to come back to a WWE ring. Now, when I say I have inside sources... It's me reading things on the internet and then figuring it out in my own head. 
But that's what a hack wrestling journalist does. That's how we get our material. That's how we get our, our, our news stories. We make it up. And that's what I'm doing. But I will want full journalistic credit when it happens. I will want everybody to know that Scoops Roberts was the first to report this. And it's going down, guys. Trust me when I tell you. It's going down. I absolutely believe that CM Punk will be back in a WWE ring. You say, well, maybe he'll be back for WWE backstage. Yeah, maybe. But regardless, I mean, this is separate from the whole WWE backstage thing. Because there's rumors. He auditioned. Uh, he was asked. He wasn't asked. It's a Fox deal. It's a WWE deal. He was. Now they're saying he auditioned, but he never got a call back. You know, who knows? Who knows where that show is going to go? Um, you know, I, I think that the preview we saw was amazing. Um, but I don't know how they're going to be using talent you know we saw Christian and Paige on the show for the first pilot episode um with the understanding that Renee and Booker were the full-time hosts will Christian and Paige be back once a month was it just a one-time deal will they be back every week you know who knows how people are going to be used and who knows how CM somebody like CM Punk would be used would he become a third host would he become a correspondent would he pop in every other week you know who knows maybe he would have his own segment and that's what they would use him for who knows but that's neither here nor there. That's not what Scoops is reporting. Scoops is reporting that CM Punk will be back in a WWE ring at some point. He's going to get that big money offer. He's going to accept that big money offer. And within a year's time, we will hear. Look in my eyes. What do you see? A, a cult of personality. You'll uh, Trust me when I tell you. You'll hear it. Hey, I want to get to NXT this week as well, but I first want to talk to you about the fact that on average, people who hire an attorney after a crash recover three times more than those who do not. With 500 attorneys in offices in Florida, New York, and across America, Morgan & Morgan can get you the compensation you deserve. If you've been injured in a car crash, slip and fall, or on the job, they may be able to help. Morgan & Morgan has helped thousands of people recover billions of dollars. Best of all, hiring them is 100% free unless you win. Look, I've had loved ones uh, uh, hurt themselves. God forbid it would ever happen to me. But the whole process is so complicated. I'm going to tell you something. You find people that are responsible for stuff that happens to you, and they're fully taken care of. They've built a wall around them that you're not going to be able to get over. You get into a car accident with a truck. The company that owns that truck, oh, they've got a whole team of lawyers just waiting for somebody like you to say, hey, I'd like you to, to compensate me for what happened. Yeah, fat chance. Unless you got people working for you. It's, it's when horrible things happen that you need to know that there are people working for you. Look, you need to be there for your family on an emotional level. You need to be there for your loved ones on an emotional level. They need to be there for you on the same level. Let Morgan and Morgan take care of all the dirty work, all the grimy lawyer stuff. Morgan and Morgan have it handled. For a free case review, visit forthepeople.com forward slash not Sam or dial pound law on your cell phone. Pound Five two nine. That's forthepeople.com forward slash not Sam for a free no obligation consultation. There's only one. 
Morgan and Morgan. Speaking of scoops, um, I feel like it was teased, and therefore I will put this under the category of plans changed. But I really thought scoops had another one. I was watching NXT last night. What a show. No surprise there. What a show and what an ending. Okay. I love when you can see where they're going, whatever organization you're watching. I love when you can see where they're going and then they go in a different direction or they just change things a little bit where it feels like, oh, this isn't how it played out already in my head. This surprised me. You know, I, and I was sitting there flipping the channels back and forth uh, last night, and I thought that the the segment with the brawl on AEW with uh, Cody and Jericho's factions going back and forth and going up to the uh, the box, and then Cody wraps the thing around the scarf around his fist and breaks the window, and then they're out in the concession stands and everything. I thought that was great. I thought it looked real. I thought I was I was actually I was interested in it, and I go, yeah, man, this this is the type of stuff where it kind of catches me off guard that I want to see. Little did I know, I would be caught way off guard. I'm watching NXT last night, and it was already advertised that Finn Balor was going to be on the show. So there was no doubt in my mind we were going to see him. Uh, triple threat match for the United for the North American Championship goes down. Roderick Strong ends up on top. Match was tremendous. Some of the stuff that Dijakovic and Keith Lee do with each other is just, you know, off the map. But... Roderick Strong comes out on top. The Undisputed Era comes in to celebrate. They beat up Keith Lee. Here comes Ciampa. Here comes Gargano. And I'm going, okay. And the announcers, Morrow does such a great job. He goes, whoa, look at this. It's DIY. And the crowd is chanting DIY. And I'm going in my head, this is not a DIY reunion. This is a tease for war games. We're building the War Games team that is going to take on the Undisputed Era, clearly. And then, here comes Finn Balor down to the ring. Everybody's freaking out. I go, yeah, I figured Finn Balor was coming out because they said he was going to be on the show. We only have a few minutes left. He's a good guy. People love him. It's going to be Finn Balor and Gargano and Ciampa, uh... And I guess Velveteen Dream is injured, so maybe Riddle, maybe even Keith Lee, I'm thinking, against the Undisputed Era, right? And I think everybody eventually got there. Everybody that listens to this show, everybody that listens to Scoops, was there long before it, because they were like, oh, Scoops reported on this a while ago. You know, hack wrestling journalist, Scoops, the last professional broadcaster, Sam Roberts. Yeah, that one. Um, so I think everybody that listens to me was like, thinking the same thing that I was. War games, here we go. And then Balor just hits that perfectly timed Pele kick where he just falls backwards and swings his foot back and hits, kicks Gargano right in his forehead with his toe. And I was like, oh my God. And then, so they've already thrown me off. And I think thrown off everybody. Because I go, I did not expect Finn Balor to turn. We're all mixed up for war games. So I go, already, I'm thrown way off from where I thought we were going to end this show. I thought we were going to end this show with four on four staring each other down. And over the next four weeks or whatever it is, we we're going to build to the end of November and war games. So when Finn Balor turns, I go, oh, my God. And then I go, oh, my God. Finn Balor 
Um, yeah, Finn Balor is undisputed. It's Finn Balor in the undisputed era, and we're gonna have one of those scenarios where Finn Balor and, and Adam Cole are both kind of the leaders. It's gonna keep Finn Balor away from the NXT Championship for the time being, but eventually. The Undisputed Era will explode. It can only have one leader, and the two leaders, former leaders, will collide for the NXT Championship. But that's down the road, because in the meantime, Chapa, I'm thinking all this is going on in my head when I see, wait a minute, the Undisputed Era is not, is looking surprised. It's not looking like this was all part of the plan. And I'm going, there it is. And Finn Balor is looking back at them. And he's a man on his own. He's not in the Undisputed Era. So that's the second time they got me. They got me on two levels with that ending. When I realized that Finn Balor, yes, he turned heel, but that doesn't mean, because that's like, so the first easy wrestling thing would be to just set up a thing where you've lined up heels and you've lined up baby faces, and that's going to be your war games. They didn't go in that direction. The second easy wrestling thing would be, okay, Finn Balor turns heel and he joins the big heel faction. But they didn't go in that direction either. They threw everybody for a loop, and I just thought it was great. I love that they're taking risks. I love, I mean, this is what you don't see enough of. I love Finn Balor, the most popular good guy in NXT. Everybody is so happy to see him. He is just, he just reeks babyface. He exudes good guy ever since he's been in, in WWE. At no point has he even inched toward being a heel. Ever since he's been there, he's been smiling. The girls like him. The guys like him. Finn Balor is for everybody. He's got the rainbow logo. He's he's He loves everybody and everybody loves him. To get him on NXT, you know, the, the easy and conventional thing to do would have been, okay, we got one of the we got a giant superstar of a good guy on NXT. Let's just make him our top good guy because everybody's going to tune in to see him. To get him and then to turn him heel and he's never even been heel in NXT. He's never had a bad guy in NXT. It's a risk. It's ballsy. It's unexpected. And I love it. I love that the that the original Rock and Rolla is coming back. We're seeing Prince Devitt Finn Balor. Okay? We're, we're seeing the guy who came from New Japan maybe for the first time in WWE. And it is so great that Finn Balor has seen the light. And I'll tell you what it's going to do. It's going to do a couple things. It's going to erase the memory of what uh, The Fiend did to Finn Balor because this is a different Finn Balor. And it's going to make it so you don't have to dress him as the demon every time. Because if he's a bad guy, the last thing you want to do is put the demon paint on him. Because you're never the demon is never going to get booed. So if he's a bad guy, you never have to put the demon paint on him. So you you can keep that in attraction. I just think it's so good. As a good guy, he needs to be the demon a lot. But as a bad guy, no way. Thought it was great. You know, I thought it was a good show. All the matches were good. But that that ending was just outstanding. It was one of the best endings of a wrestling show in a long, long time. So, so great. Um, Let's talk a little bit about... Uh, Raw, some of the notes I wrote down while I was watching Raw. Uh, so clearly, we're still in a situation where we're, we're, we're rebuilding Raw. We're introducing new stars. Um, Umberto versus Seth, they had this tremendous match. Sin Cara versus Andrade. Sin Cara being reintroduced. First of all, 
For some reason this week, the commentators decided to translate every single word that was in Spanish into English. And by the third hour, I was like, guys, I don't need the lesson anymore. Please stop translating every Spanish word that's said. Just let it be. <laughs> um, Sin Cara versus Andrade, great match. You know, I was happy just to see Sin Cara get repositioned like that. But uh, also, you know, they did a good job because what they did was they set up a match where clearly it was just designed to make Andrade look good. And they put him against Sin Cara. But by telling the story of Sin Cara, by talking about what he's done, uh, you know, with the with the various, uh, you know, causes and how big he is in Texas and all this stuff, putting him back in the old mask and making him competitive in this match on Raw against Andrade, all of a sudden Andrade beating him became an accomplishment instead of just, you know, beating local talent. You know, and I think that they, they are definitely rebuilding a lot of people. I thought that the Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre match was so great. Because even though I want I wanted Drew McIntyre to win, I thought Drew McIntyre was going to win, and I believe Drew McIntyre should win. But that they made it so close and that they made you feel like Ricochet could win that match, all of a sudden, Drew McIntyre didn't just, you know, truck roll over Ricochet. Drew McIntyre actually accomplished something by beating Ricochet. And I thought that was really good. Um, so I thought all three matches were good. I think uh, Seth Rollins still needs to be a little bit more aggressive. I wish Seth Rollins were as aggressive on screen as he is off screen. You know, I wish we had the Seth Rollins with the attitude to call Kenny Omega uh, uh, minor leagues. Which, by the way, I mean, it's so funny that there are people that are upset that Seth Rollins said that... Uh, Kenny Omega was in the minor leagues right now when Kenny Omega said that NXT was developmental. Kenny Omega said everybody in NXT would be working his dark matches. And that was like, oh, he's just in character. He's just doing a thing. And then Seth Rollins goes, Kenny Omega's in the minor leagues. And they're like, what did you just say? This is bad for wrestling. This is bad for the whole industry. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't get it. Um... But uh, I, I think that uh, Seth does need to be a little bit more aggressive, not be so smiley all the time. You know, I think if Umberto Carrillo, if he's taking umbrage with what Umberto is saying, shove that man, put your hands on him and say, don't talk about the change. Keep my name out of your mouth. And if you want me to explain to you why, let's go in the ring. You know, he doesn't need to be friends with everybody. Um but again, I think some changes need to be made with Seth Rollins um, to go back to reminding people of how good he is and how, how much we can be cheering for him. Uh, uh, Scoops missed one. Thought it was going to be Umberto as the Street Profits mystery tag partner. I think it ended up being te uh, technically Kevin Owens. Some people were like, they didn't even have a mystery tag partner. And you could definitely make that argument. But I... I I thought it was at least cool that we had all forgotten about Kevin Owens. Most of the people that I talked to, it was Cedric, it was Ricochet, my dark horse was Umberto, but I didn't hear a lot of people saying Kevin Owens. So the idea that, that, that we effectively forgot about one of the top guys and he was able to come out on Raw and kind of surprise people, I like that, and I'm never going to get mad at a Kevin Owens-AJ Styles match, so I got no problem with it. Um... I, the Ricochet Lashley story, first of all, I'm still so happy I interviewed Lashley um, and talked to him all about this last week. But, you know, 
I think if you're going to do it, we need to get both feet in the water. I, I, I feel like the reason that it's not clicking is because it's just a weird storyline. It makes people uncomfortable, right? Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's it's so soap opera, and it's so weird. But if you're going to do it and you're going to do something that's this uncomfortable, we're still kind of dancing around it. Like, when when Rusev says... Lana is just trapped under Lashley's spell. She doesn't mean this. Somebody has to be there to challenge him and saying, how is any of this Lashley's fault? How is any of it Lashley's fault? If your partner cheats on you, and I'm talking not just to Rusev character, but everybody who's listening. If your partner cheats on you, it is their fault. It's not on you. It's not on, unless you're a bad, no, it's not on you and it's not on the person they're cheating with. If your partner is cheating on you and you're mad at the person they're cheating with and not them, you're, you've missed the point totally. You're, you're just trying to save yourself from the embarrassment of realizing that, that this person that you've picked to be your partner is a bad partner. And I wish somebody was there to challenge Rusev on that. He doesn't seem that mad about it. You know what I mean? He doesn't rage. He doesn't, you know, he went to the quote-unquote restaurant because apparently all Lana ever wanted to do was go to a fancy restaurant in Cleveland. You know, and it would be so easy. Why didn't they just go like, uh, it's so simple. Hey, Rusev, the reason I'm here doesn't have anything to do with money. Oh, she said she couldn't go shopping as much. It's because you couldn't satisfy me and Lashley can. That's it. That's the reason. That's why they're there. And you don't go, you know, the reason I'm with Lashley and not you is because he's taking me to my the most expensive restaurant in Cleveland, which is all I ever wanted from you. I just wanted to, you know, leave our house in Los Angeles and go to Cleveland so we could go to this restaurant. Why don't you just say we're at the fanciest restaurant in Cleveland right now? And then he could still bum rush the restaurant. He could still go, oh, I know where the fanciest restaurant in Cleveland is. And still bum rush it. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm, I'm one of these guys that I don't mind controversial. I don't mind uncomfortable. I don't mind scary. I'm not mad at the storyline. I think any storyline, for the most part, if you do it right, can be entertaining. But commitment is so important. And I, I, I've, I'm looking for a little more commitment in this one. I want both feet in the water. Um... You want to talk about commitment. Ric Flair has commitment. Even when he's not sure what city SmackDown is going to be in that he's going to. He's still committed to doing that promo. I loved it. Everything Ric Flair did on Raw this week was gold. Put over Drew McIntyre. Made me excited about the about the eight-man tag. The idea that we're, we're starting to drift back into more Flair as a heel territory. Ric Flair was an absolute gem on Monday Night Raw. An absolute gem. Thought he was great. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of, uh, unless I missed anything, I think that was that was uh, pretty much it for Monday Night Raw. Um, as far as SmackDown this week, uh, so far, all that we know, they're moving it to FS1 just for the night because the World Series of Baseball is happening. And Fox, they get, I guess, the rights to the uh, Houston Astros and the Washington's, Washington Nationals. World Series game. 
So instead, SmackDown is going to be on FS1. Uh, and uh, all we know for sure, it's a big SmackDown. And I think that they're trying to get as many eyes as possible on FS1. They're specifically bringing in some star power for FS1. It feels like SmackDown this week is going to be the real go-home show. Even though we're going to have Raw before Crown Jewel, we're treating... I think SmackDown is really being treated as a show that is being targeted to people that might not watch Raw. You know, I think SmackDown feels like it's almost being programmed, and that's the way it should be. If the draft split is a real draft split, then it should be a situation where you don't need to watch one show to get the other one. And that way you can really compete because maybe you only have time to watch one show a week. Well, you got to watch this one. Um, And I like that. I think that that's good. Uh, So they're doing the SmackDown go-home show to Crown Jewel. And they're going to not only have Ric Flair, they're also going to have Hogan on the show. They're going to have Cain Velasquez on the show. They're going to have Brock Lesnar on the show. I don't know that Tyson Fury is going to be on the show. I don't know if he was announced or not. But definitely Cain Velasquez, definitely Brock Lesnar, definitely Ric Flair, definitely Hulk Hogan. So it's a big episode of SmackDown. We've also been told that we're getting the Firefly Funhouse. That's coming back. Um, and people are like, well, didn't Seth Rollins burn it down? Yeah, yeah, he did, but, you know, Firefly Funhouse is supernatural. You know, The Undertaker was also burned alive in a casket. He was fine. So, yeah, I don't have a problem with the Firefly Funhouse. If, if anything, I would have a problem if they said it got burned down so he can never do it again. I'd be bummed. I'd be like, why? It was working really, really well. Let's keep doing it. There's no reason not to do it. It's wrestling. Um, so we're going to have the return of the Firefly Funhouse as well. Uh, this week on SmackDown. And, you know, I, I think that uh, they're going to continue to make SmackDown look and feel like a big show. And it has been, and I think it uh, I think it will continue. Uh, I, I, I think it's weird, but probably preferable. I talked, I think, either earlier this week or last week about how I, I did not love that the Seth Rollins-Bray Wyatt rivalry was happening even though the brand split had happened and they ended up on two different brands. You know, I so so the match is kind of weird for me. But I was expecting The Fiend to come out on Raw and interrupt uh, Umberto Carrillo's match against Seth Rollins. The Fiend did not come out on Raw, I guess because he was drafted, and he'll only be on SmackDown, so I can assume that Seth Rollins is not going to show up on SmackDown. Um... You know, so, I, again, I hope that this Seth Rollins fiend storyline ends at Crown Jewel. And we can stick to just, you know, pure branded rivalries. But I guess if you're going to have that, I'd rather have these two split to at least maintain some integrity of the brand split. I don't know, did we talk about uh, Kofi Kingston last week on SmackDown? Go back and watch that promo of Kofi Kingston last week on SmackDown because um, it was, I think, on Wade Keller's podcast when we were talking about the draft. And Scoops Roberts said, and I'll tell you this right now. This is coming from Scoops Roberts, last professional broadcaster, hack wrestling journalist. Um, The question about what to do with New Day on SmackDown came up and why Kofi has just slipped back into being a member of the New Day. And breaking up the New Day and turning somebody heel. And you hear about Big E turning heel probably most of the time. And maybe Xavier Woods will turn heel. Maybe Here's, I think and hope 
Kofi Kingston is going to turn on the New Day. There was a real subtle thing that went on in the promo on SmackDown on Friday when they were talking about Kofi Kingston and Brock Lesnar. As the New Day was celebrating, Kofi Kingston was holding pancakes and he was crushing them in his hands. Like, like there was a rage that he was concealing. I said it on Wade Keller's podcast a couple weeks ago, so it was before that promo aired. That's how you know this is a Scoops official report. Kofi Kingston is going to blame the New Day for putting him in a position where he wasn't taking Brock Lesnar seriously. He wasn't taking the WWE Championship seriously. That's why he lost it. Kofi Kingston, I believe, will turn heel eventually over time on the New Day. Um, and that will be the quest that he is on to regain the WWE Championship. It will be as a heel, and I believe I believe it will work. Some of you are probably saying, like, Kofi Kingston's beloved. How is that going to work? I believe it will work. And I believe it will make everybody better. I think if Kofi Kingston is a bad guy, I think you could theoretically make Big E an even gooder good guy. Maybe even Xavier, an even gooder good guy. But I truly believe that is the direction we're headed in. I will leave you with that scoop here on this edition of Thursday, Not Sam Thursday. Thank you for being with us. Remember to email your questions in as the week progresses to notsamwrestling at gmail.com. We will also be doing some kind of probably special watch-along type event next Thursday while Crown Jewel is on, exclusively on Patreon, patreon.com slash notsamwrestling. It'll be a video thing, so uh, it'll probably be Indie Darling level and above, if not higher. However, whatever we record live, the audio will also come out for Money Marks and everybody on the Not Sam Wrestling page. So go ahead, sign up, uh, patreon.com slash notsamwrestling. We will be back on Monday with our normal podcast interview, The Whole Deal. And then next Thursday, we're going to come to you right after, right after Crown Jewel. We'll record right after Crown Jewel, and that's when the Thursday update, Thursday Not Sam Thursday podcast will be out. We'll see you then. Thank you, everybody. You're wonderful. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Follow at Not Sam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.